This is Chasing Eternity, Season 1, Episode 7. Welcome back to Chasing Eternity. I am your host, Chris Croats, joined by my co-host, Adam Oldham. How are you doing today, Adam? I'm doing all right, Christopher. It's been a while. Uh, this is uh, take two of this episode. Yeah. Had a little bit of a mishap last time we recorded. We unfortunately ran out of space on our uh, memory card, so we are take twoing this. It was a great conversation. It was so good. And I hope that we can... It, it's been like three weeks, like two weeks uh, since we recorded that. So during this time, I've been trying to uh, forget everything <laughs> that we talked about so yeah. that so it, it doesn't sound like, oh, I've already said this before, um, which is very easy for me because uh, I tend to forget a lot of things. Hmm. So I just, and we had a very busy week here. We did. At the Carlisle Church of Christ. We just had our marriage seminar, which was fantastic. Um, but uh, let's jump into this, uh, our quote of the week. Um, which is, was also the quote of the week two weeks ago. But anyways, uh, the quote is, we have always held to the hope, the belief, the conviction that there is a better life, a better world beyond the horizon said by a Mr. Franklin Roosevelt. Yes. And I will do my best not to remember what you said, which is fairly easy. You're not that memorable. Um, when we talked about this last week, I remember I really liked this quote because FDR, of course, as many people would hopefully know, uh, was president during World War II. Uh, there were a lot of crazy things happening in the world at that time. So to hear him speaking of a better place, a, a better future down the line, down the horizon, uh, I think if there was ever a time in human history to be looking forward to a better day. Uh, some of the times during World War II would have been that. Um, I really like this quote because I think it speaks to uh, really us as human beings uh, and what we have inside desiring more than what's here. Yeah, uh, We, I think, desire the next big development in everything. And we are fortunate to live in a time with technology where we're getting to see a lot of really exciting, interesting developments. That is true. Uh, that are coming down the line and uh, to see human creativity and ingenuity really in action at a much faster pace than in the past. Uh, yeah, I like this quote, and I think this quote really is going to resonate with some of what we're talking about today with our topic. Uh, what do you think about this quote, Chris? FDR. Oh, very similar, kind of, you know, striving for the next big thing. Um, this week I watched a video on YouTube. Uh, I think this guy has a whole series of videos about uh, primitive technology. And how, you know, he, he basically started from nothing and he built himself a hut and then he made himself a, uh, a, a kiln to fire, uh, you know, bricks for his, his house and his roof. And then now he's made a water hammer. Mm. And I was watching the video and I was just like, how did we go from that to where we are now? Mm. And just like... Uh, these several very large breakthroughs of, you know, uh, electricity mm. and light. And now we carry around, you know, devices in our uh, pockets that have every anything that we could ever want mm. on them. And uh, my kids just take it for granted. 
<laughs> that this has always been there. Yeah. And it hasn't. No. Even in my lifetime, yeah. this is just so still very new technology. And thinking of, of the quote about, you know, looking beyond the horizon and, you know, the idea of building, striving, building towards something new. There's mm. there's something out there that still, after all of these thousands of years that human beings have been doing stuff, mm. still hasn't been done. Yeah. And this this kind of connects, I think, with a very spiritual part of who we are, this idea that we want what we do to matter and to last and to be significant. And I think the idea of discovery and invention and moving things forward is something we all want uh, to be part of in some way. Uh, and we, a couple months ago now, did a segment on Hamilton. And in Hamilton, one of the quotes he talks about, he was very concerned with his legacy. And he said, you know, what is a legacy? And it's the idea of planting seeds in a garden that you don't get to see. And I think about all the sacrifices and all the work that a lot of people put into that World War II era of the 30s and the 40s. And we, I think, really are reaping the benefits of that now to see that they desired a better country for their kids, a better world for everyone. And the idea of striving for peace and, and unity and trying to push through conflict in peaceful ways it really speaks, I think, to uh, an innate part of us. Yeah. Uh, that quote you just you just had, uh, very profound, right? Mm. Of planting seeds in a garden that you don't get to, what was it, to see? Yeah. Um, we see that also resonating in the New Testament, right? About in First Corinthians, talking about you know some plant and others water. Mm. Well, it's God who gives the increase. Uh, preachers have a really hard time with that, and I'm I, I'm venture to say non-preachers do too, of not really knowing which one you are in the process, mm. because we all we all like to see growth. Yes, we want to see it. We want to be able to reap that that harvest. Um, but sometimes that's not your role. Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean that you just stop, yeah. right? You I, keep on planting, you keep on watering, yeah. and maybe someone down the road gets to reap that harvest. And that's so, that just speaks back, I think, to Moses. You know, he worked all his life to do what God wanted. Yeah, yeah. And he got to go to the mountaintop. He got to see beyond the horizon. He got to see the beauty that was before him, but knew he would not be the one to take them into the promised land. Bummer. Uh, but he got to see it. And I think so many times we as human beings find ourselves on mountaintops and we can see that beauty that's just beyond. If we would only, you know, come up with a way to get there, if we would only work together, if we would only put aside our differences, if we would only, you know, there are all these things where we go, oh, the future, it's, it's right there and we're so close. Mm -hmm. And so I think that uh, that quote is very relevant for people today. I think it speaks again to that spiritual part of us that desires something better than we have right now, which yeah. of course, heaven will eventually be. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's right on a uh, theme with what Chasing Eternity is all about. Go figure. We did it. We yes. brought it, we brought it back Full around. Full circle. And talking about building um, and, uh, you know, striving for something new, something different, something that never, no one's ever done before. What we're talking about today is HGTV. Mm. Um, not just, not just the channel, but kind of what the channel represents because yes. there's a lot of shows out there on, you know, different networks, but HGTV definitely has, you know, they are, that's what the entire channel is dedicated to. Mm. So what are your thoughts on HGTV, Adam? HGTV. It's that channel that everybody puts on in the background. 
with no real intentions of sitting down to watch anything all the way through, but after about 10 or 15 minutes, you're hooked. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. your afternoon is gone, it's there, you're stuck, you're wanting to know more about what happens with these people. Uh, it's become kind of a cultural icon. Uh, shows like House Hunters, uh, Flipper Flop, Fixer Upper, Property Brothers, go back a white ways to like trading spaces or while you were out. These kind of shows have been around for a while and I think they're just as popular as ever. Uh, and I know in our household, we get sucked in just the same. Uh, it's a very easy show to put on in the background. It's not a, a channel that we mark our calendars by to say, yeah. ooh, did you know the new Property Brothers is coming on tonight? Yeah. Um, but we do enjoy sitting and watching. Uh, so it's a show I know we are a channel we watch a lot. We watch most of the stuff that's on there, like I say, you just kind of flip the channel and you're like, oh, look, it's, it's yeah. the show. Wonderful. I could watch this. I could watch that. Uh, and so, yeah, it's definitely an Oldham family staple. What about you? What are your family experiences with HGTV? HGTV, there's been times in our life where we've had cable. Uh, and like you said, it was never like, uh, you know, flipping through the channels and like, oh, there's a new episode. <laughs> we have to watch that. Um, it's just kind of like, you know, hey, there's nothing else on right now, but you can almost guarantee you're going to find something interesting mm. on HGTV. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed in a lot of uh, offices that have waiting rooms, they'll have HGTV on mm -hmm. just because it, you know, if if you have to be there, you know, <laughs> you're going to find something interesting. Yeah. Um, even if it's a rerun. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember this one. Yeah. They did that interesting thing. Um, but I remember my first memory of HGTV, I think, was um, this probably... The first thing, the, the the first one that I remember is uh, HGTV was on in our delivery room when uh, Alicia was pregnant with Ava. Oh, wow. I remember that because uh, I remember how odd it was <laughs> that, like, we're just sitting in here watching HGTV. <laughs> um, oh, is it time to push? Okay. <laughs> um, I guess we should, you know, we, we need to pause that. But, like, mm. that we, we were in there. All day. Right. And we got in, you know, in the morning and we didn't have, uh, Ava wasn't delivered until late at night. And so we watched an entire day's worth of HGTV. Mm. And this was back, you know, uh, so it was 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago when they didn't have a lot of the new programs that they do now. Mm. And, uh, some of them, uh, HGT, HGTV definitely has gotten better, uh, with age. Mm. Um, uh, because a lot of the programming now is every show is very, uh, although it's kind of under the same umbrella of, you know, home and garden uh, and kind of, you know, uh, fixer upper type things. They all have a different slant on it. Mm. Right. Um, whereas back then it was it, w it wasn't as interesting, I guess. Or maybe that was just because of where I was mm. in my life. But. Uh, we can talk about that <laughs> another time. Yes. HGTV, I, I like it. I, like you said, you know, you can turn it on and you have no intention intentions of, you know, staying there and watching it, but then you do because what they're doing is interesting and it's mm. creative. Mm. And so, that's one of my biggest things that I like mm. about HGTV where I am not a handyman. Mm. Um, you know, I can... I can pound a nail into the wall. I have a I have my own cordless power drill. 
um, and you know I have all the stuff. But if given a pile of wood <laughs> and I was told, okay, make a table, mm. I would be kind of lost. Yeah. Um, and the stuff that they do, you know, they're like, well, let's tear down this wall. Let's build up, uh, you know, let's put this in there and take that out and run this over here. I would be lost. Mm. And it's really interesting for me to to watch them do this and kind of, you know, it's uh, watching an expert at their craft mm. just be completely creative. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. That's something I, I was something I really enjoy about this channel as well, too. Uh, there's something within humanity that recognizes excellence. Mm -hmm. We see something beautiful and we notice. Uh, it's why, again, you know, works of art become famous, music becomes popular. Uh, it's why certain books become timeless classics. There are certain intrinsic elements in the beauty of mastery that pull us all in. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to sit and watch somebody go, wow, look at this dump. I'm going to spend, now granted, they, they don't really explain the timeliness of how those, those projects get done, but it seems like within 30 minutes, this expert can somehow come in and go, we will fix this house <laughs> and make it into a mansion. Mm -hmm. And they do, and it's beautiful. And so I think there's something awe-inspiring, like you said, about a master doing their work. Uh, and we're very blessed here at Carlisle to have a number of masters of craft of different things. Yes. Uh, I'm very, right now, particularly reminded of uh, one of our friends, Bob, uh, who is a master craftsman. I was a shop teacher for a long time, and uh, he has helped me with a lot of projects personally. And he's one of those guys, you know, that unlike you and I, where we look at a pile of wood and see a pile of wood, he is able to look at a pile of wood and, and imagine the possibilities. Yeah. Uh, he helped me build a big box outside uh, to store some coal in at our last property. And without even the pile of wood in front of him, I, I mentioned, Bob, this is kind of what I need. It needs to be about this size. And I could just see his eyes glimmer and him kind of glance off in the background. The gears were whirring in his head. And it wasn't just him going, hmm, box. It was him going, well, if we want a box of that size, we need wood cut to this length. And we'll use this tool with this particular bit. And you could just see all of the gears of the master working. And to be able to sit with him and watch him do it and help him do it, uh, to watch him explain, just like they do on HGTV, like, oh, right now we're using this kind of a technique, you know, we're dovetailing the edges so that they'll fit together nicely. Like, it just makes you feel like you're part yeah. of the beauty. What does that mean? Right. I have no idea. I don't know, but, but it, it seems sounds important. Cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm doing, I'm dovetailing, guys. And so it, it helps us feel like we're part of it. Uh -huh. And like I said, doing that with Bob, he made me feel included. And I think HGTV has... Uh, mastered in a lot of their programming this idea of inviting you, the viewer, not just to watch, but almost to participate where it's, hey, this is what's happening right now. We're going to use some terms you're probably familiar with so that you can go, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's an S-trap under the, yeah, it's a, I know plumbing now. Like, I feel like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it makes us feel like we're part of this project. Uh -huh. And the beauty of that is in 30 minutes, we have finished a project together with a master. And we get to be part of that storyline of, from nothing to this beautiful thing and we were there for it yeah which i think people really get attracted to well i have i have a bob story too oh. just recently i told bob um i was thinking of building a table i wanted to if you see these are kind of becoming popular now of a gaming table mm. where it's kind of dual purpose you can eat on it and then you know take boards off and then there's a, a gaming surface there to set up a board game or a puzzle or whatever 
Uh, our family really likes board games a lot, and mm. so I was I've always wanted one of these. And I I told Bob I was thinking about making this, and I I saw it. I saw mm-hmm. what you were talking about. Of yep. okay, you know he's got this checklist already in his head. <laughs> And he asked me, you know, what kind of what kind of wood do you, uh, I want to make this out of? And I I looked at him like, <laughs> wood, wood. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. And if you look in my office right over there, there's a pile of wood <clears throat> that he gave me that I need to now go through and look at what kind of wood I want to make this table out of. And he he gave me a list of all the pros and cons of each type of wood, and it's just it's stuff that I would never even thought of, mm. you know. If left to my own devices, I would have gone to Home Depot and said, well, that looks like hard wood. <laughs> I will build the table yes. out of that wood. Um, why? I don't know. Because it was right there. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> you, you touched on uh, on one of the things that is actually one of my dislikes of the show. Okay. And that is the, uh, the illusion that anybody can do this. Mm. Um, and I'm not talking about skill because I think... You know, to some degree, if I was taught and I poured some time into, you know, woodworking or cabinetry or plumbing, I could get pretty proficient with it. Um, There are some things that really is, you know, you have those super creative people that Mm. take the 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 average toolbox of skills and do incredible things with. And those are. You know, those are the Mozarts and the um, the Da Vinci's and stuff that just take it to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I could get pretty good at it. But beyond that, they also don't really touch on too much of the cost mm. and the time yeah. that really goes into these projects, right? And the amount of w- the the amount of help that they have mm. uh, along with them, it's just like you said. You know, in thirty minutes, they're going to take whatever they started with this dump, and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, but that takes a lot of money mm-hmm. and a lot of time, or if you don't have a lot of time, a lot of manpower. Yeah, and it's interesting that Jesus talks about this idea in, in one of the Gospels, where he says, you know, what king goes to war without first counting the cost like who mm-hmm. builds a tower without counting the cost like you need to think about these things before you step in uh, because i know a lot of people who have started home improvement projects only to find this is way more expensive a yeah. lot more work and i didn't realize what i was getting into and so sometimes they stop back in my hometown uh well in the home countryside where i lived uh, there was an old, like, half-finished house up on a hill, just like Jesus mentioned, you know, and it just sat there. Like, it was unfinished. It was a project that a family had started but ran out of money, and then, I mean, it can bankrupt a family. There was mm-hmm. actually a big tower around here Bob was telling me about. Apparently, it was a big building project that ran out of money partway through because it was just too expensive. They didn't think about the cost up front. And so that can be dangerous. Uh, it can be dangerous to get yourself involved in a project without really understanding all that goes into it. Yeah. Uh, I think along with that illusion of, oh, anyone can do this, um, there's actually been a lot of backlash right now on social media about house hunters in particular, uh, where people are calling the show out for things like, oh, hi, my name is Adam, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a professional horse uh, toenail clipper, and I make, you know, my wife here is a basket maker, and our budget is, you know, $2.7 million for house buying. 
And it's like, wait, what? Like, that's not a job. Like, how do you have money to do that? Or, you know, oh, hi, like, I'm a professional food taster. And, you know, my husband, he likes to braid dog hair on the weekends. And our budget is, you know, $2.7 million. And it's like, that's ridiculous, HGTV. That doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so there's been this social media backlash where there's kind of this meme of, you know, ridiculous kind of people with ridiculous sounding professional lives having these ridiculously unrealistic salaries and budgets to purchase homes. Mm -hmm. And I think that also is an illusion. Back in the mid 2000s, we had a, a housing crisis where people were buying homes, taking out mortgages that they could not afford. Yeah. Uh, and not that HGTV contributed directly to that, but I think to a, a point, that's the danger. Again, well, anyone can do it. That means anyone can buy a house, anyone can renovate a house. Well, not really. I mean, we have to be realistic. And shows like this sometimes can paint a false picture of reality yeah. that can have very real consequences in the real world. So I would agree with that. Uh, that uh, Talking about not everyone can do a, a renovation made me think of, uh, have you ever seen those pictures of Pinterest fails? <laughs> yes. Right? Of uh, everything everything looks great and anybody can do it on Pinterest, right? Yep. And then when you actually try it, it's like, oh, that did not, <laughs> that did not turn out. And, uh, oh, you know, my wife, Alicia, she's definitely had her fair share of Pinterest fails mm. that it's like, they make it look so easy. Right. Um, but when it comes down to actually doing what they say to do, you know, my result is not the same as, mm. as your result. And so there is a level of uh, many different mm -hmm. things, skill, yep. time, money, mm -hmm. all these things that really, like you said, is kind of an illusion that yes. HGTV can uh, uh, give us. And that's where that's probably one of my biggest dislikes of this wrapping up our likes and dislikes. I really don't like that illusion because some of the illusion is just by nature of the television program. Like you can't really show a month long renovation, yeah. you know, time lapse, you know, realistically in 30 minutes. But certain things you could do and they don't, and they intentionally mislead. For example, on shows like um, uh, Love It or List It or Fixer Up or Property Brothers, where they kind of show like the final product and the, you know, the couple or the person's walking around their newly renovated home and it's beautiful. One thing people don't always realize is that all of the furniture, all of the setting, the, the items like the, on the walls, the decorations, none of that stays. That's all brought in just for the filming. Yeah. And once that's done, the family can elect to pay to keep it all, which usually it's a ridiculous amount yeah. of money. Uh, but that's a simple illusion of, wow, look how beautiful it is. Look how great this product ended with. But in reality for that family, it's not that way. Uh, in fact, there have been some really interesting stories about families on these, you know, extreme home makeover-esque shows where, yay, we have this awesome house with all this stuff, but it ended up bankrupting us because we couldn't afford to maintain it all. Yeah. Uh, and so there's this illusion that not only in the terms of the timing, but also this illusion that this is what a final product really looks like. When in reality, no, that's what a lot of money that you don't have looks like. Uh, so I really don't like that illusion of... Um, uh, of a final product. Uh, one thing also that is unrealistic is that idea of every problem can be solved in 30 minutes. Uh, that's what pulls us in, and I don't like being manipulated. We talked about that during The Walking Dead. I don't like being manipulated by, by a, a producer, but that's exactly what these shows do. They, ra they pull you in with the decrepit-looking home. Mm -hmm. Oh, how could this ever look nice? And we'll show you with the magic of our crew that it can turn into this beautiful, amazing palace in 30 minutes 
and we'll drag you all the way along. And of course, they add the lame little drama here and there like, oh, no, uh, are we going to have enough money to do this? Maybe we'll have to cut out the, the water closet to afford putting on the, the steeple roof of the porch. And, you know, you have these moments of, of drama. But in reality, a lot of these shows, the renovation, you know, is not really that dramatic. It's actually followed through by plan. And uh, the story elements there sometimes feel like almost a manipulation to get yeah. us to watch. And they work. I, mean, I get sucked in. You know, you think you'll watch 15 minutes of a show and you're there, like you said, for a whole day sometimes. Um, so it, it's a good, interesting pro programming network with some great shows on there. But I think it really plays to some of these spiritual needs we have uh, but can almost manipulate us in a way where we find a lot of our time gets sucked into something that really isn't that productive. Mm -hmm. well, and, I mean, that's kind of the illusion of television mm -hmm. uh, to some extent of using television as, as an escape, mm. right? Of I want to, I, I wish I had this house or I wish I had, you know, this kind of kitchen. I wish I had an island, right? Mm. Oh, man. Um, and stuff like that. So we, we've been alluding to it a little bit. Well, let's move on to our next uh, part where we look at how does this point to eternity? Mm. Uh, why do people uh, watch this? Why, why have these uh, shows become so popular uh, over the years? And I think uh, for the f my first reason is identity. Mm. The, the idea of identity is can be so easily counterfeit into I my value is somehow tied into the stuff that mm. I own mm. um, and that's uh, I mean that has been I mean that's kind of what America mm. has been yes for the last 200 years right mm. it's the American dream where you can have anything and and a lot of it shows up in a lot of different ways of how your stuff determines your value as a person all the way from going back to grade school where if you if you don't have the brand name shoes mm. and the brand name pullover jacket then well you just aren't as valuable as the people that do mm. and it goes it also you know we see it in these TV shows mm. that it's um well if i could only renovate my kitchen then i would be happy and i would be satisfied and that would you know give me lasting uh comfort and, th and that's all tied into our identity mm. that's very deep chris i like that uh, that's what i do yeah it's what you do i guess you preacher guys do think a little bit every once in a while <laughs> um on yeah, occasion on, on occasion. occasion that that's deep because as you were mentioning that one one thing that kept hitting my mind is like this film trope where you, you have, you know, like the girl with like the kind of natty long hair, the big glasses and kind of the ruffled clothes. And, you know, we fix, we she becomes the heroine by, you know, well, let's straighten your hair. You know, let's do your makeup. Let's give you the nice clothes, yeah. take off the glasses. And, and suddenly now everything is better. Like, oh, if only I would look like that. And this illusion that, well, you are bad the way you are. And the only way to be better is to change into something mm -hmm. else. And so with these programs, it's like you look at some of these homes that are unsatisfactory, like, well, I could never live in here. The, where is, the, where is the, uh, the, the tray ceiling, you know? Like, where, where is the crown molding? This home just won't do. And mm -hmm. it's like, what? Like, we have this weird expectation that, that quality, decent stuff is not okay. And we look at our own stuff and go, man, if only I had 
man, if only I had. And I'm pretty sure there's a C word about this in, in the Bible. It was even one of the Ten Commandments, Chris. Yeah. I don't think we're supposed to covet. And yet, a lot of, t a lot of ways, these programs not necessarily foster a sense of, of covetousness, but this idea that my life would be so much better if only I had the island, if yeah. only I had the this or the that. And I know that that's quite an extreme kind of interpretation of some of these shows. So in light of that, so that's one way I think spiritually that can be not so positive, but one of the reasons I think these shows speak to us a lot as well is that they show us the potential for change. Okay. Uh, I think that spiritually we know that while we need to learn to accept and be content with what we have, without God we are nothing. And so we are the decrepit house. We are the run-down trailer. We are the, the property in disarray. And it doesn't have to be that way. There is potential for change. And when you think about, well, how, how do I get from being this kind of mess that I am, because you and I were talking a little bit before this, people can be messy. Yeah. How do I get out of this mess that I am and become something that is worthy of looking at and of awe, kind of this awe-inspiring uh, this person that I could be, and it's through the work of a master, right? On HGTV, we see these master craftsmen come in, these master builders and contractors come in, they perform their feet, it almost seems miraculous that they go from this disheveled property to this beautiful place, and God can do that with us too. We like to see this idea of repentance and transformation, and we want that, but we oftentimes live life as though we are okay and that the property of our lives is just fine and that, you know, oh, well, I'm good, I'm happy with what I have, when in reality, God is looking at us going, but you could be so much more, and I want you to be so much more. In fact, I've put a lot of money, a lot of spiritual resources into you being able to be more by sending my son for you, and I want to transform you. I want to flip your life into, into an amazing thing for you. I have so many things for you. But we oftentimes don't want that. We fight mm -hmm. that. And yet we um, admire that in all this stuff on HGTV and in a lot of other ways in life. We admire this amazing transformation, but we have a hard time applying that to our spiritual lives sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think it speaks to that spiritual desire to see change and to see the beauty that something could be, uh, even if we don't always apply that. Well, you talk about you know, having that, that master craftsman, that master builder come in and it's always, it always amazes me that they can walk in and look past mm. all of the, you know, the rat droppings on the floor and the, the half torn down wall. And because of their ability and their training mm. and their, uh, creativity that they have in them, they can look past all of that and see something better. Mm. I couldn't help but think as you were talking of if we could only see ourselves the way that God sees us, mm. you know, what would we see? Yeah. That's deep. deep. That's deep stuff. So Chris. deep. Uh, one other thing I was thinking of real quickly um, was uh, just this kind of uh, creative side to us. Mm. You know, our God is obviously very creative. If, you know, you look at the world around us, you look at the, the creatures that inhabit this planet and you even look at ourselves. Mm. He is, cre he is creative, mm. and us being made in his image makes us creative beings. Mm. And whereas we don't do as good a job at taking or making something from nothing, mm. I think we're much better at 
taking stuff that's already here and kind of mashing it up, mm. right? Of, mm-hmm. oh, here's a horse. Let's put a horn on the horse. Unicorn, right? <laughs> we just created. Yeah. Um, where that we didn't, we didn't create that. What's not real creativity, mm. uh, at least in the sense that we're talking about with God. Mm. Um, but that's that's our attempt mm. at it, right? Yeah. And the same thing with renovation, right? Mm. It's taking something that's already there and kind of, you know, messing with the order, putting this over there instead, or trying this different technique that you wouldn't think of in this type of house mm. and a lot of times when they pull it off and it looks good it's just kind of like wow yeah and that's that's part of our creative side you know why does music and art and literature play a such a big role in all of our lives whether you admit it or not mm. those those three things right there are all essentially creativity mm. and why do we flock so easily to those and i think it's because we there's a part of us that that crave and strive for creativity. Mm, yes, and when we talk about things like that, they are awe-inspiring. You know, we are we are dumbfounded whenever we kind of behold this greatness. And when we talk about our God being an awesome God, I think people uh, oftentimes don't give God the chance to demonstrate that side of Him to us. That. He is the great creator. He is the one who made all of these amazing things. And the incredible diversity of creatures and, and nature, as beautiful as it is, uh, he, he has created these things, and we stand in awe of them. And I think being able to see master creativity at its best is really what pulls us into HGTV. We, we love to see things that um, are just so awe-inspiringly beautiful that we flock to it and that's I think in a lot of ways how people continue to develop a relationship with God by learning to open their eyes to open their ears to actually witness what he is and what he has done Uh, and the deeper we go into that uh, appreciation I think the deeper our relationship with God goes absolutely well this has been a very good conversation I think uh, we at least matched or maybe even um did better than our first recording mm, they'll never uh, know the, well, yeah we'll we'll never know um but um let's talk about some shout outs real quick first let's thank our host strong strong church um for all the work that they do i'm kind of thanking myself here. i noticed but, that's all right but uh, uh nonetheless uh we need to, we need to thank strong church also our sister podcast overcome uh where they uh we talk about uh, pornography and sex addiction and uh, how to get out of that life. Also, The Trend, where they talk about things that are trending in news and entertainment uh, during the week. And also, technically speaking, Jack Dodgen's new podcast uh, for uh, preachers or uh, people in ministry and how they can use technology uh, for uh, the furthering of the kingdom. Um, any shout-outs, Adam? Um, I will sillily shout out to Chris for managing the uh, memory uh, device today, making sure we had enough space uh, to film. We, we are still good, right, Chris? We're good. All right, we're good. We're good. So I'd like to <laughs> shout out to Chris for that. Uh, I'd also, I know I've shouted out to my wife, Ashley, before, but I thank her again for allowing me to come and to do this. And she's at home watching our son to give me the chance to be here with you, Chris. So thank you, Ashley, for letting me be here. All right. Thank, yeah, I'll second that. Thanks, Ashley. Mm. Um, uh, uh, one more shout out for me. Yeah. Uh, my brother, Adam, not you. Uh, not me. My uh, brother by blood. Although you're kind of like my brother. We, we are. Just like, 
Spiritually, cut, we cut are brothers. Cut from the same cloth. Yeah, like, not quite like Daniel Lee, but, you know, Adam no, is very similar no. to, to that. Um, but he was just here, and uh, we spent a weekend of uh, playing a game that we really enjoy that is all about uh, building a deck and, um, like, a deck of cards, not a... Physical uh, deck. Not a physical deck. You're not deck. handy. No, I'm not. I wouldn't do that. Um, but, uh, th- again, that's all about creativity. Mm. Uh, a lot of it has to do with, you know, your own decisions of how creative you want to be with uh, this game. Um, but shout out to him. And uh, it was really nice to have him come out and see the wonderful world of Pennsylvania. All right. He was amazed at the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're known for. That, yeah. Welcome to Carlisle. You're going to yeah. be stuck here for a while. Yeah. Um, but uh, that is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll yep. see you next time. Take care.